0: Hello everyone, welcome back to Music of Moonsaults. I am your host, uh, Chris Bourdine, Uh and you can follow me on Twitter at IbanezChris. Um, it's a new month, uh, we're in May, and so we are going to get started this month. We're going to do things in a little bit different order. We're going to start with the Rock and Roll Retrospective. Normally that's the last video of the month, but but we're, we're going to start off here. Um, When you are seeing this, uh, it will be the 15th anniversary of the Red Hot Chili Peppers album Stadium, Arcadium, and I have a special guest coming on to talk about that. Um, But before then, uh, you know what to do. Hit the like button, subscribe to the channel, leave a comment. Uh, If you want to hear the audio of this podcast, just go to uh, anchor.fm and the link the address will be down here at the bottom of the screen and you can just uh go there and it'll it'll point you in whatever direction you want to go whether that's uh uh app podcasts or spotify or whatever floats your boat um so yeah uh and you know last month check out uh check out the videos or or the the audio podcast from last month we had uh uh, I did a, a big... Uh, or not a big. It wasn't that big. But it was a it was a, a look back at uh, Limp Biscuits My Way and its use on WrestleMania 17. Uh, and WrestleMania 17, I covered with Matt Digger uh, in its entirety. And we talked about that. And then I had Kyle come on, my brother. And we talked about the Foo Fighters album, uh, Wasting Light. So... It was a fun little month of April, um, and looking forward to to get things rolling here in May. Um, now there's a chance that you've already seen my uh, unboxing of the uh, Royal Blood, new Royal Blood album. I, I ordered the deluxe edition, and I did an unboxing and, and, and that type of deal, uh here on the channel uh with all the cool stuff that came with that so check that out if you haven't yet already so but as i said i got a special guest uh, spencer love of love wrestling uh spencer and i were on a uh twitch stream on the fightful uh twitch channel uh couple months ago now uh it was right around the time uh i released the draft um, the WrestleMania draft with, with Jeremy and Joe. Jeremy asked me if I would come on. They do a late-night uh, Friday stream at around 11.30 p.m. Eastern every week. And usually it's just, you know, just fun banter. Um, uh, like last, last week as I'm recording this, they did uh, bad dating stories uh, and stuff like that. Uh, and when I was on, we did a bunch of, of drafts. To, to kind of coincide with the draft I was putting out and It was just ra- like random stuff Like uh, soft drinks uh, Or uh, There was that There was uh, NXT TakeOver matches And there was one other Oh TV theme songs That's what it was So it was, it was just fun Just fun banter And Spencer was on the stream as well Along with uh, Jeremy, myself And Joel Pearl who's Who's been on here before and uh come to find out he's a real cool dude, uh and into music as well as wrestling. And so I shot him a, a DM on Twitter and said, Hey, I'd love to have you come on the show and, and talk about whichever one, either what you know, talk about an old pay per view or an old album. And he chose uh to talk about music. Uh I'll get more into that when uh when he comes on here in a bit, but um uh, now Spencer Spencer's cool. Uh check out what he's doing uh over at Love Wrestling. He does uh he's does some cool interviews. Uh he just he had an interview with PCO that I listened to a couple weeks back that was really good. Um and yeah, he's just uh like I said, just a real cool dude. So uh so sit tight. And Spencer will be on, and we'll talk about some Red Hot Chili Peppers. Okay, cool. We're um, going. All right, ladies and gentlemen, uh, as I said, uh, with me today, I have uh, Spencer Love from Love Wrestling on Uh to talk about some Red Hot Chili Peppers. Spencer, how's it going today, man? I'm
1: good. Man, how can I be upset? Like you said, we're here to talk about some RHCP. I can't be upset when that's the uh the topic of conversation. I'm happy to be here. Thank you for having me. It's uh it's just gonna be a good time.
0: Awesome. As uh <laughs> as I mentioned in my intro, uh you and I were on a Twitch stream together on the yeah. uh, over on the Fightful uh the Fightful Twitch channel, uh yeah. like two months ago now already. Uh, yeah time flies and, when you're
1: throwing watches hey yeah.
0: <laughs> and i was like oh spencer's a cool dude and he's into music and stuff and then i like i saw kiss army in your twitter bio and i'm like well 1001 uh, obviously like we're going to be friends uh so i i hit you up and i'm like hey do you want to come on my show and and either talk wrestling or music either one and i sent you a list of pay-per-views and a list of albums and you're like dude i have a red hot chili pepper tattoo <laughs> and i'm like yeah. <laughs> I, if I saw it, I didn't even, I didn't register. It was so late that night. Like,
1: Oh man, as they <laughs> tend to do, they go a little bit longer. You oh, know, man. um, it's always a good time. It's never a bad thing oh, when no. they tend to go a little longer than expected no, it's and, only because you're having a good time.
0: Joel and Jeremy are great. So I had no problem yeah. with it. It's just like I, my cognitive ability at that point was probably <laughs> like we were doing those drafts and I'm like, I, I I'm like on Google, like, uh top tv theme songs like because i'm like i can't think on the fly like that especially at- there were a
1: couple of times that joel called me out for doing the same and then i think he messaged me and i had to message him back later in the show because we were both reading off the same list at two different points <laughs> so you were far from the only one don't worry there uh-huh. um i certainly took a bit of a schooling in a lot of those drafts
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah um So I guess to get started, when, uh, so as I was saying, talking to you off cam or off camera or whatever you want to say, like, obviously I know like the chili peppers are one of the, like the greatest American bands of all time. Like there's no disputing that. And obviously I know all the, the hits, so to speak, all the radio singles, um, And it's not like I have a problem with, I just, they just never, they're just, they just never were one of my bands. They're like, okay, I like the radio songs, but I'm not really interested in exploring the catalog deeper. When did you, when did you first come in contact with the Chili Peppers and when did they become like your band to the point where you're getting tattoos?
1: Actually, so Stadium was like the first album that really, really caught me. Because coming out in 06, I was just coming out of junior high, heading into high school. Uh, One of my best friends to this day, his name's Clay Hines, Uh, he plays bass, I played guitar. We both love the Chili Peppers, sort of grow from there. Like, it's almost that perfect sort of concoction, I suppose, you know, they're just one of those uh staple bands and stadium was was again quite literally that first album that really got me into them but as i'm sure you've got bands that you sort of find one of their newer albums at the Mm -hmm. time you are saying this 15 years later newer album yeah um but you get into their newer albums at the time and you sort of work your way back and the cool Mm -hmm. thing for me with the chili peppers is like obviously with a ton of the songs on stadium they've got that real hard heavy funk element to them yes um But you got a lot of diversity on stadium as you do with a lot of double albums. The cool thing for me was working back and sort of seeing, um, I guess what I see is stadium is the culmination of a lot of what they did sort of seeing that broken down into its individual pieces. Mm -hmm. So like you look at blood sugar, sex magic, and like you talk about a hard funk album, that's it. Right. Mm -hmm. You look at one hot minute and that for me is sort of more, um, I don't like saying the cliche, but like they're more melodic. I know a lot of people have their complaints about when Dave Navarro was on guitar for him. Yeah. And there certainly are my preferences with guitar players that uh, played with the Red Hot Chili Peppers and he probably wouldn't be them, but there's a lot of great stuff. You look at Airplane, you listen to even little stuff like P and um, what Flea does with that. And yeah, maybe it's it's a bit in the best possible way, uh, a very childlike song on that album, but mm-hmm. it's it sort of, again gives that melodic little piece to it and then you dig into their early stuff with Halal and um, he's just incredible he's just incredible you talk about all-time great funk guitar players and like it it just speaks to the high quality that like you can have the debate whether he's the greatest or whether John Frusciante is the greatest Chili Peppers guitar Mm -hmm. player of all time or even Josh Klinghoffer right like the stuff that he did over the last two albums was was pretty incredible and he had some big shoes to fill so oh, yeah again it's a bit of a rambly answer the, the short story is right around stadium was when i started to get into him um but it was really a, a process from there of doing the deep dives i suppose I,
0: I know what you mean because uh so last month i did i i my i had my brother on and we talked about uh wasting light by foo fighters cool yeah uh, and that's uh the album prior echo silence that's when i sort of took notice that's the first time i went and saw them in concert and then that cemented it but then wasting light was the album where, like okay they're they're my number two like kiss is always going to be my number one band the food fighters are my number two band like that's the album that cemented it so i know exactly what you're saying so yeah um and you talked about how stadium's like a a culmination it's also like an end of an era this is the last album with Frushanti for a while right
1: yeah and like that's he, it's so disappointing it's such a first world problem to complain about but like I had tickets to go see their reunion with Shante in Boston they were part of a festival that the Food Fighters I think were even headlining the first night of. okay um it was in May 2020 so yeah. as far as an album and that I I really like I can't speak to if they're doing anything new of course every it's a lot like wrestling in the yes, sense of yes. like everything's kept very under wraps you know I think there's a lot of parallels in that sense but Mm -hmm. um yeah it 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 really was the end of an era and talk about going out and again using going out knowing what hopefully is going to happen when things clear up and we get the reunion that we've all been craving but um as as far as getting out on a high note man you you really couldn't have done it better you really really couldn't have done it better like again it's it's culmination of their work is the best way I can put it. It really is. You know, you listen to the big hits and the stuff that I'm sure you were familiar with before, like you said, before we started recording, you did the deep dive onto it, right? Like, even if this was an album, they cut out sort of the stuff that maybe you didn't know or the stuff that wasn't the radio hits. Like you'd fill a single killer album of 12 tracks, whether it's Danny California, Snow, whether it's any of those, whether it's like, Tell Me Baby like yeah. that's a song that i think still is underappreciated for for chili peppers lore i suppose and it's so good
0: so uh, yeah i was going to i was to talk about that uh i'm not typically a double album guy unless it's like a greatest hits or a live album you yeah. know uh, it's material that that's that's not new you know it's all familiar material
1: um yeah.
0: i, I find when it's when it's a brand new studio album that's that's double album it they tend to be a little um bloated i guess yep. um and and this one i mean there is definitely especially on the second disc uh i think the first disc is near perfect yep. uh the first disc of this album and you know we'll get into it here in a little bit but the first disc of this album is stellar uh i liked it way more than i even could have imagined i would have yeah. once uh, you get in the second disc especially towards the second half of the second disc, that's where it's kind of like okay, you know, it, it, for me it kind of was like okay, we we probably could have trimmed especially when you I th- I think I read that they they wrote 38 songs for it <laughs> for the, yeah. uh, in the in the process of writing for this album. They originally wanted to make it like a tr- like release like three separate single albums but decided to just release a double album in in one uh in one shot here yeah um i i probably would have you know from an outsider's perspective i probably would have preferred the the three single album approach but but still Mm -hmm. there's no denying this is a really great album
1: yeah and for me i've i've got a lot of time for double albums it's definitely my bias with it but like the Wall, Physical Graffiti, those were sort of my staple albums as a kid. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm talking seven, eight, nine years old. Right. One of my first memories with music is driving home at, uh, like, two, three in the morning from the airport listening to Cashmere. Uh, right. Like, you just, I, I, I sort of got those ingrained in me that, mm-hmm. like, I'm, I'm very much, and I think as an old school music fan yourself for the most part, like, it's been sort of ingrained in me that when you get an album, you listen to an album. I know mm-hmm. it's, again, like a very old school in the most positive sense. Yes. I'm an old fogey in the most negative sense. Um, but that's sort of the way that I've liked to listen to a lot of my favorite albums. So for me, like, yeah, there's always songs on on albums, whether double albums, single albums, live yes. albums, even that that I could cut out, like Led Zeppelin, Four. I'm not a big fan of Four Sticks right you know right it's not my favorite song by any means but i i get what it means to the album in Mm -hmm. in lack of a better way to put it and i think for stadium that really applies i will also give the caveat that when i'm looking off camera like you said it's a double album so i am cheating i've got the album list pulled up because i ain't forgetting anything yeah but i also i'm getting that one out of the way early
0: (laughs) (laughs) no that's 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 fine i like i said i got a bunch of notes down here so i'll be looking down below the screen for for a for quite a bit of it so it's it's no big deal. Um
1: Beauty. It's like I was telling you I always feel rude when I'm not looking at people and it's so hard to always be doing it on Zoom and oh, all. Still yeah. not used to it through all of this, you know? Yeah, exactly.
0: So, uh it, Stadium Arcadium it's released uh May 9th, 2006, so we're right upon the 15th uh anniversary, which is crazy. I was working at Kmart at the time and I remember when it was released, I remember like stocking it on the new release end cap. Cool. Like that. So.
1: <laughs> Very cool. I was quite literally probably a month before my grade nine grad. Okay. A little more a little less than a month. Sorry, because it would have been like June first. They always like to do cheesy stuff like that. Yeah. But yeah, grade nine grad. I was working at Safeway for okay. what that's worth. We didn't have an album section.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh is the first uh Chili Peppers album to go number one in the US uh it debuted at number one it sold four hundred forty-two thousand copies in the first week which is crazy like crazy to think about it's today
1: not... oh yeah and like you can't really compare bands, at least i can't but, but like hill
0: to sell that amount of like exactly totally, like totally.
1: streaming versus albums like i have no idea what goes into the actual monetization of stuff like that number one but like it, it just it it it's just hard to compare when you've got numbers like that like again you go back to stuff like the wall in the 70s and you look at it selling 28 million albums like it's
0: nuts it's nuts
1: it just doesn't seem the same
0: i did a i did a show on uh on limp biscuits my way last month uh As it pertains to uh, wrestlemania 17 and i was looking at the numbers for uh chocolate starfish and it like it was just insane like
1: mind-blowing absolutely mind blowing. in today's
0: context it's crazy yeah um it's uh certified three times platinum here in the u.s uh up in canada in your neck of the woods it also debuted at number one uh selling sixty four thousand copies the first week and which is like most
1: canadians
0: yes <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, four times platinum in Canada, selling over four hundred thousand. So I'm guessing platinum is a hundred thousand up there.
1: Yeah, we've got different rules again. I mean, when you got to adjust for scale. Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. It makes sense. Uh, it got nominated for seven Grammys, uh, which is the most in their history, and they won five of them, including uh, best rock album and best boxed or special limited edition package
1: which is a cool grammy to win
0: yeah like go I for the the
1: thing a thing. I, as a fan of like really obscure stats like those would be the cool ones for me to win that'd yeah. be the one like right in the front of the mantle place what's that for having the best boxed set
0: that's definitely one of those ones <laughs> yeah. they give before the show Air, you know yeah. before the broadcast starts it's a pre-show match exactly. it's a dark, <laughs> yes it's a dark match award yeah exactly this is
1: to entice the viewers to buy into the <laughs> grammy pay-per-view <laughs>
0: uh they recorded it at the the mansion in la which is the same place they recorded uh blood sugar sex magic yep. uh apparently this place is haunted yep
1: that's what i've heard too actually anthony kiedis if you've had the opportunity to read scar tissue um he goes into a deep deep dive as far as how that whole recording process went Mm -hmm. um it's just if you haven't read it for me again my my full bias is quite literally showing but um it's just a fantastic book fleas as well but um his is a really cool read in that he really dives into his you can tell there's going to be a a second book in fleas whereas the only reason i would think that Anthony Kiedis would write another one is because he's finished it like, by the way, just naturally time-wise
0: mm-hmm.
1: and so much has happened since then. Oh yeah. We yeah. set his up for a second. Kiedis like his was definitive yeah. for lack of a better way to put right. it. Um, but yeah it's very very cool <laughs> i would just highly suggest that i would be doing a great disservice if i was to try and tell the stories because uh as you can tell from mr Ketas's lyrics which is a tough sentence to say yeah uh that guy can tell a story better sure than i can, can. <laughs> definitely can.
0: yeah <laughs> um it's produced by Rick Rubin who also produced the previous four uh chili Pepper albums um and uh as i said they wrote 38 songs for this 28 of which made the album and so like they've released 37 of 38 at various times b-sides and whatnot over the course of years so it's not like and i've
1: always loved that that's why i'm i'm a firm you know to to again go back to your point earlier Mm -hmm. like the b-sides and all of that that they've released from this album and their later albums as well um they're fantastic they're absolutely fantastic
0: yeah um, you know, we talked about Frushanti this being his last album. Um, at the time he was, hit, uh, influenced by the Mars Volta and Brandy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is just a weird combo. Um,
1: not a bad combo. Just no. certainly not a typical it's combo. Not,
0: you know, it's not, <laughs> you know, not something you typically would, uh, imagine go together, but Hey, um, yeah. <laughs> why not this is about the first this is the first album he really used overdubs too on his guitar parts uh yeah and then he also used a, a modular synth- synthesizer on some songs uh which when they were rehearsing for tour uh caused uh some songs ha- to have to be reworked i didn't yes. know that very cool this is a uh you know disclaimer this is all from wikipedia so maybe maybe not i didn't check the the notations so i don't i don't know where where the information was coming from but you know it sounded good so um but yeah so normally on on, on here we uh i like to go track by track but sing as i as we said there's 28 songs uh we're gonna go disc by disc because it yeah. is a two disc set um So starting on disc one, what obviously, okay, obviously we kick off with two huge singles, uh, Danny California, uh, which I guess originally was titled Wu-Tang.
1: Didn't know that either. Great name though.
0: Uh, Yeah. Sounds like nothing to F with. Yeah. (laughs) Um, (laughs) He, uh, uh, this was a single, it peaked at number six on the Hot 100, which is like the big chart. Like you're competing against pop stars at that point. Um, and an
1: excellent music video if you haven't seen it again something to check out but that's um that's they've the video played where
0: they like go through like different eras of like yeah music yeah yeah yeah. 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 Like, yeah
1: yeah i don't know where you were in the mtv much music generation but i feel like as a 29 year old i'm like right at the tail end of when yeah, they would actually I mean, do like we an hour of videos a day. <laughs> yeah.
0: By this time I was, uh, but this is also when they're, you know, they're sort of starting to phase that out. I think it was more yeah. VH1 playing videos at this point. Uh, I missed most of MTV's heyday because we didn't have cable uh, growing up. We didn't have cable till like uh, my, my sophomore or junior year of high school. So
1: we only had much music. Yeah. So. And they would occasionally show music videos on YTV as, like the commercial breaks. Yeah.
0: Um, but Danny California, it won two Grammy awards for best rock song and best rock performance by a duo or, or a group with vocal. Uh, I, I really enjoyed finding out that like this song is the story of a girl who's appeared, who's been in two previous Chili Pepper songs. Yeah. So, who would have thought that
1: the Chili Peppers would mention California? Yeah. It also, it also for me, uh, is the, the, the Genesis, I suppose, of like a pretty fantastic Tom Petty story and not like a long one by any means, but, um, I guess there were a lot of people and you can obviously hear the similarities between this and Mary Jane's last dance.
0: It was, uh, a, there was a DJ in Delaware on a talk yeah. station who was like, Hey, that sounds just like, uh, last or mary jane's last dance by tom petty yeah. and it is very yeah. similar there is there is a subtle difference though uh, tom petty did not sue the chili peppers uh, A fake yeah, he did, literally said just he didn't want to <laughs> yeah a tom fate, petty a fate He did not spare lawsuit. sam smith however <laughs> sam smith got that right. got that s- lawsuit slapped on him quick fair Fair cop. That's a fair cop.
1: <laughs> but absolutely fantastic track. Like I, I, the way I compare it is like when I absolutely love a wrestling match, I could go on for days, but yeah. sometimes you just simply need to sit down and watch this match. So this is just like a must listen yeah. as far as I'm concerned. It's great for any situation. I think you could say that about a lot of songs on this album. Um, and then Snow, like following yes, it right yes. up with that. Uh, I guess on the album, because if I remember correctly, it was tell me baby was the second single and then snow was the third
0: i yes i, be I believe wrong. that's how it went i didn't i didn't i'm happy to be fact checked don't get me yeah. wrong there um, i know they both really were singles i just, i didn't i didn't take down the order of what the, i know danny california was the first one and after we'll that call
1: I... it a fact we'll call it sure. a fact for now sure. and if uh if anybody calls you out in the comments send them my way right, i will uh, but another song like it's it's you can listen to it whether it's 10 p.m 10 a.m you're at a hockey game you're by a fire like it's just a good tune um it's just a good tune in a very different again to use that sort of um light and shade comparison that yin and yang that dichotomy of sounds that they do yeah um this is very different than danny california but it's very clearly, the well,
0: cause, both of them cause are very got,
1: clearly Chili Pepper songs. Yes. You know,
0: well, exactly. Because Danny's very, especially the chorus. That chorus is is as hard rock as you get. Like it just slaps. Yes, as it the, does. <laughs> and then, and like you said, Snow is very much more mellow. Uh, yeah, I, uh, I always like to find a wrestling connection with these albums. Uh, Snow was the uh, official theme song for WrestleMania 24. I don't cool. Know if you remember that. Um, I wasn't a big like I wasn't consistently watching week okay. by week pay-per-view by
1: pay-per-view then. Gotcha. So, gotcha. no, didn't know that.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, I, I, the, the, the 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 John's guitar part uh that goes through Snow is just just great! It just sounds so cool. So much
1: with like obviously there's there's a lot of intricacy with the I guess rhythm guitar and and the picking there. But his solo work on this album I thought was really fantastic for what he didn't do in a lot of the songs. Right, like a lot of them weren't overly complex. A lot of them were quite literally just like different uh playing the same note in different octaves. Like you yeah. listen to this, especially in Michigan was the same way. Where he's quite literally just climbing the neck of the guitar yeah. i think uh, the solo part of snow mm-hmm. quite literally had four notes in it and it was perfect yeah. it was absolutely perfect he was very very good and is still very very good at uh mm-hmm. um serving the song not yes. playing some guitar for a lot of yes. stuff
0: yes uh so uh, uh, along with the 28 uh songs on this album there's also a commentary track which is genius i wish more bands would do uh foo fight again going back to foo fighters for the album they just released earlier this year uh medicine yeah. at midnight on spotify there is a playlist where that'll play a song and then after that there'll be a uh, couple minute did you know that uh, yes of cool. dave and a couple of the other guys talking about the process of writing each song and I used to
1: always love those on like the DVD extras yes. that people would do well, for TV is, Yeah, that was like watch thing. along with
0: the past. That was a huge thing in this era was the commentary yeah. tracks on DVDs. Yeah. Um, but, but on that, um, they're, they're talking about snow and it cracks me up cause they're, they're, they're kind of busting Anthony's chops here about at the end when he was like, Hey, Oh yeah. <laughs> they said he was using his big boy voice. A <laughs> little
1: more gruff and it's Eddie better at that yeah, point.
0: Right. right. <laughs> um, so, what else on disc one? Those are the two singles, I think. Those, those are the only two. Uh,
1: I I
0: want to say, because I always feel like they,
1: they put out like four or five singles from an album, but like yeah. once the album comes out, it becomes about the album, not the singles, you know? Right. So, I always tend to forget what comes later. Right. Um, so, I'm right. going to go with yes, those are the two, but we're probably going to get. Again, send them my way when I get fact checked.
0: I know, uh, I know. Here, I don't think this was actually released as a single, but I know mm-hmm. here. I remember. I specifically remember hearing, especially in Michigan, on the radio. Here. Oh Michigan. yeah, all of
1: these have been played on the radio at some point or another. So, I'm. Sure. All of um, them have. Like Wet Sand, I'm certain I've heard as well. She's only 18. I've heard as well. Again, like it just shows the range these guys have. Whether you go from like. Charlie to Wet Sand to Hay. Like, Hay is a song... I really love this album because I can go through and it almost feels like you find a new song every time, even though you've heard it before. It's like, oh, shit, I didn't recognize that. Hay's been one of them for me over the last little bit. Um, Just a good tune. And it's got, again, that very mellow, very mellow vibe. Shante's backing vocals on
0: this album, too. I was going to mention that. Oh, my my God. God. There was a song specifically I... I have notes in two different places because I was listening to the album at work. And so like, obviously I didn't have my computer with me. So like I was typing on my notes on my, on my phone as I'm, um, but there was a slow cheetah is, is is, like the first song where the, the, his harmonies and background vocals really was like, that's, I mean,
1: it's just that that stripped my mind too. He has a really, really great job on, uh, on the slower songs, I love that job on the like faster paced ones but like he's just got such a a, I'd almost say that he's a better technical singer than Anthony Kiedis in a lot of ways and that's just my personal preference but like he this is going to turn into the John Frusciante show for me um which is never a bad thing but he, he he's just got, again, such a melodic voice. I know it's a phrase that I've used a lot and I said off the bat, I didn't want it to become cliche, but, um, he just serves those slower songs very, very well. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah. It stripped my mind. The, the opening, uh, I love the, the effect they have on the vocal, the, the, whoa. Yeah. Almost like the tremolo to yes, it. Yeah. Yes, exactly. I was like, that's, that's a cool, cool thing. Um, yeah, yeah uh what else do we uh i love Warlocks is fantastic yeah. the only ones as i
1: look at this that i wouldn't make that comment like come on girl but like not my favorite yeah. potentially but that's really about it was, as far it was, as the first
0: there was really only the only one on the first disc that where i was i didn't really feel because all the rest of them you know char we talked about charlie i love the the uh where, where it changes over from, from the main song and it's that ma- that other riff that their jams are just good yes there's really no other way to put it like um, they break
1: down like a funk band yes you know with a lot of typical rock music metal music you don't get that like i guess gear shift for lack of a better way to put it like you sort of know where they're going they're going to shift up the fifth for the solo or the chorus right like they can just pretty well drop dead with a lot of stuff and almost start a new yeah start a new song uh
0: halfway through a song (laughs) and then hump the bump goes goes back to old school you know that's that's the the funky chili peppers that that might have been a single because it did have a video that was directed by chris rock
1: you could be right there and i feel like you are right there so i'm gonna revise my earlier Um, fact with a new fact (laughs) yes uh it's fantastic flea Do I really need to comment on Flea being very good at the bass guitar? No, you don't. It, he's it's sick
0: of he, Flea's one of those guys that, like, it's like Flea and Steve Harris and Geddy Lee. Victor the, Wooten, yeah. There's, like, the, this echelon of bass players where I'm just, like, I, I hate them. I love them, but I hate them because it's, like, I I can't. I'm... i I play bass. Yep. I'm not a bass player. I always, I always make that comment because I'm, yep. not know, I'm, I'm just, I'm a hack. I, I will freely admit that I'm a hack. Uh, and
1: I'd have a good competition with Gene Simmons. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Gene, get, Gene is very underrated though as a bass player himself. He's uh, gotten there. I, I should have found a better example for that because, no,
0: no, yeah, that's that's the classic. I, I get it. No, yeah. Trust me.
1: Who was it? Like, I think it was about Sid Vicious that they always used to say he was a better bass player when his bass wasn't plugged in.
0: <laughs> there you go. There you go. That's um,
1: the one I should have gone with. Apologies to Gene on that one. Okay. Like, I, I shouldn't shoot shots at Kiss. Why am I doing that?
0: You know, I mean, it's, it's you know, it's like, uh, it's like Joe Louis Arena. It's okay if I bash Joe Louis Arena, but if <laughs> anyone else talks about what a dump Joe Louis Arena was, I'll fight him. Yeah, but, them's fighting words. We're going to have fisticuffs. But I will call it a dump all day long and not feel sorry about it. So, <laughs> yeah, it's one of those, exactly. it's one of those things. Uh, especially in Michigan, uh, Bring like, obviously. We're going to yeah. talk about the Joe Lewis great transition. Exactly. <laughs> I, this is probably my, if it's not my favorite song on the album, it's my second favorite song on the album. Uh, oh, yeah. I always love
1: it. And, like, Nothing Else Matters isn't really the best comparison just because of the paces of the song but i love when bands again sort of flip that script and where you would typically expect like almost i I don't like the comparison because nirvana's as well one of my favorite bands but like almost uh the quiet loud dynamic that they were so known for yeah i love when it's flipped and you get that really really heavy verse Mm -hmm. and slow it down for the chorus and they're just fantastic like it's it's just a well-written tune
0: yeah um and then wet sand um on that commentary track this was a a, a song uh that musically uh Frusciante came with and i yeah. apparently from what i gather you know at times the the songwriting uh chemistry in the band was a little not cohesive like fragmented would yes. be the word i use. yeah um cuz they made a comment where you know he's got this guitar part and um you know he's playing it and stuff and and they're like that's good and while he was playing it you know he had a vocal melody that he he, he didn't have words but he, he had a melody and anthony makes a comment that he asked john if he can keep the vocal melody because i guess a lot of times when john would come up with music you know he's like you know obviously you can have the music but you know, if I've got a vocal melody, I'd like you, Anthony, to come up with a different one, which yeah. seems kind of weird. Like if I'm writing a song, like I'm like, I know what the music and the, the, song, how the vocal suppose. melody should go. But, yeah, you know, it is what it is. And then also like the wet sand part at the end, you know, he's like, did you say wet sand? And John's like, I, you know, he wasn't really like keen on telling him what he was saying, but he's like, come on. I heard you say wet sand. He's like, yeah. So that's how the song came and again i really love there's a couple songs like this where it's like there's a whole second part of the song what's one of those and that's it's a good song up until then but when it when it comes into the almost gets to like the
1: real chorus yes Yes. Yes. yeah it's fantastic they've actually so the couple on this if uh well, I'm sure you do everyone. If you've, if you're talking to me right now, you've got the internet. Um, they did a version of this at pink pop, I think in 2006 mm-hmm. pink pop, or I can't pronounce it poop, pukle pop, pukle pop, whatever it's, it's in the Netherlands is the festival. Okay. Um, but they did a version of it in 2006. That was absolutely fantastic, but my favorite part of it that I'm sure you can sort of speak to, as far as the commentary track goes, is when they do their live shows, uh, if you've ever seen them live, you'll get it. Like the little interactions they have, it's not like they carry on like a full 15 minute conversation in between songs. Right. It's like a quick little quip or like a quick little 30 second interaction that they'll have with each other for the most part, and then jump into something else. So like, I can't remember the exact context. The song itself was great, but they did like a full, um monologue i suppose on kfc prior to it if i remember correctly and again it like sort of speaks to the ridiculousness of flea and keita like all of them just have like this this again cheesy but like the family chemistry to them where like it's all inside jokes that are funny because they find it funny not because it's maybe traditionally funny yes you know? So there's that. They've also replaced it a couple of times. I've been lucky enough to see the Chili Peppers four times. Okay. They've replaced Under the Bridge a couple of times with either this or uh, sold a squeeze in the set list. And okay. like, this works really, really well. It it's, it's a very lofty comparison. But to say that like, when they play this, you don't miss under the bridge
0: that's quite it says it says a lot
1: yeah Yeah, and like i love that song it ain't a shot by any means
0: yeah no everything for it yeah that's wow it's
1: just a good tune
0: um anything else on disc one Anything else you wanted to, to point out? Anything you wanted to hit?
1: Not particularly outside of like, we we didn't go song by song, but we yeah. did mention pretty well all of them. So want to give the shout to Stadium Arcadium as well. Yes. Title
0: tracks, I feel like, get underappreciated sometimes. This one. This is, was a really good one. Again, coming from a, a sort of a novice, this to me, and my brain is weird anyway. I hear uh, uh, similarities and stuff that, may or may not be there but you know a lot of times other people don't hear this had a very it felt like like a style wise like a sister song to californication like it had that same vibe to me
1: yeah sort of like again it's it's maybe not the perfect comparison on my end but like the driving through a desert comparison Mm -hmm. yeah i i absolutely love it that's yeah that's a great call i like that i'm gonna steal it from you when we're off screen okay
0: that works <laughs>
1: that's good no but that's about it i think you hit the nail on the head when you were kicking it off there and that like disc one if it was to have been released as one of those three solo albums you were talking about mm-hmm. like this was a perfect album yes
0: yeah no you can get.
1: yeah especially like you know we talk about the uh we talk about the album sales earlier it's not like 2006 was a great time still for albums. Like I made that Pink Floyd comparison earlier it's and it still was
0: decline. You know, right.
1: So to present this as a full album, like really Taylor Swift is the only person who's still presenting full albums that people treat as full albums. Well, now.
0: Again, and that's nothing it, against others to make the wrestling comparison. It's like, you know, a bad rating in like in 2006 was probably like a three and yeah, they would kill to get a three <laughs> on a Monday night right now. Like fair point. Very fair point. I, I, I think Vince w- would literally <laughs> take someone's life to get a three rating on Monday night raw right now. Uh, <laughs> but I digress. Uh, moving on to disc two, like I said, like this, like the first half of it, uh, it it's just, just a continuation of the first disc to me. Like it, it's, it's excellent. But yeah. then uh, once you get, I get to a certain point, it's like, I don't have notes for any of these songs cause there's uh, nothing jumped at me where it was like, n- no, go, don't get me wrong. They're not bad songs. It's just not. As... You didn't have that Holy cow moment. Yes, exactly.
1: Yep. And that's fair. It took me actually for a couple of these, like I talked about with Hey earlier, mm-hmm. um, some of them did have to grow on me or some of them did have to come in like a later run through because not that you get tired of songs, but when you, you know, most people, you listen to the front, 10 songs and then oh yeah, get to your destination. like I listen to a lot of my albums in the car so when you get to a destination yes. it's like oh well I've got three songs left well I'm not going to sit here for 15 like, minutes get out go yeah. from there so a lot of them did grow on me as like those newer but not new songs but like Storm in a Teacup fantastic mm-hmm. I think that A lot of these songs may have fallen under, like I was going to talk about Make You Feel Better is like a pop song is like more of a straight up pop song than you maybe saw earlier on the album. Right. But it's still a great song. Again, I really like John Frusciante's backing vocals, especially on the last verse where he's like not really singing them for the most part, but almost like shouting in the background with Kiedis. Yeah. I really love that. Storm in a Teacup's a great song, maybe more of a...
0: I believe that was a single as well. No, yeah, I'm and like, maybe again, more I, uh, like once I hear, I'm like, okay, yeah, I remember that song. So yeah, I believe yeah. I believe "Storm in the Teacup" was 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 a single. But speaking of singles, we you mentioned it earlier. "Tell Me, Baby," this this is the other one that's in contention as my uh, my favorite song on the album. Oh, so such good. a great and, song. Finds a lot of the stuff we're talking
1: about earlier. Yes. That hardcore funk. That sort of that's opposite so, of license. Slap, yeah, just
0: slapping his ass off on on the, oh, on the verses goodness. of this song. Um, right and then, even just like going from that into just the, the mellowed out the chorus, chorus it's such a beautiful chorus and like you know it's just i do remember the video to this one uh yeah. they uh had a bunch of um local like music just musicians and people like come and audition and then yeah. the ones that made the cut when they came back for a callback like they, the member, the members of the band would just kind of take turns and like sitting in with it. Like, it was like this really cool, like shifting, like different lineups at different, you know, constantly yeah. changing. It was, it was a really fun video. I remember. It's fantastic. I, I,
1: yeah, I, I think you hit all the points I would have. It's just, again, one of those, um, you need to listen to this song. If you're to give like the sample pack mm-hmm. from this album. This would have to be on there. It would absolutely have to be on there.
0: there are a couple songs on this on the this two that I would uh describe as as beautiful because they are uh, yeah first one hard to concentrate uh, I,
1: really great. and I love
0: like it he doesn't necessarily sing the verses. it's more like a spoken word type
1: delivery
0: yeah. and it's yeah. really cool.
1: This was a more mellow side of the mm-hmm. album because like you you look through all of it um like if if is just if, such again is like one it's a up. beautiful song so beautiful she, to me i think is very mm-hmm. different than those two um still a bit of that adjacent maybe sister song like you were talking yeah. about earlier mm-hmm. um but still a very mellowed out tune a very laid back tune a little heavier in the chorus portion of it but That ain't a bad thing. That ain't a bad thing. Sometimes you need an electric guitar and a softer song. (laughs) Yes. I think it's fantastic. Mm -hmm. Um, Like you said, though, maybe a couple on this one that I wasn't like animal bar. Yeah. Maybe doesn't stand out for me. Like when I talked to you earlier about, Um, I needed to have this album list pulled up, not only because it's a double album, but like nothing against the song. It just would have been one of the ones that I forgot. I would have struggled a little bit with the the second half of the album. Yes. It for me, though, that's maybe the reason I love it as an album more right is like because i'll usually go through and listen to this especially as an album you know if i've got my if i've got my shuffle on my ipod i'll stop for danny california i'll stop for those like you say the radio hits what? um it's rare that i'll stop for like we believe mm-hmm. but when i'm listening to this is an album i listen i enjoy and then just sort of go from there
0: yeah and actually i'm, I'm kind of the opposite a little bit because like again a song like animal bar uh Again, especially like I said, as you're as, as you're working your way through this album front to back, you get to Animal Bar and it's like the it's track twenty of twenty eight or whatever it is, like you're not necessarily again, you're not I don't I don't wanna seem like I was like, Okay, when is this thing gonna be over? But at the same time it's like when is this thing gonna be over? Like one yeah. of those like juxtaposition type things. Yeah, but after I listened to the album front to back a few different times, I hit it. I put it on shuffle, the album on shuffle, and mm-hmm. a lot of songs that I, a couple of the songs that I was like not crazy about listening to it in order. When it comes up on shuffle, I was like, okay, this isn't as bad. You know, I'm not as oh, against this you're song as I you're not as conditioned to it. Yes, yeah,
1: okay, so that makes sense. Maybe I pre- I, I might just prefer that conditioning. <laughs>
0: yeah, but i'm like you i generally i will i listen to an album front to back
1: yeah you know and they closed it out so so strong I, i'm a real sucker like you talked about earlier with hard to concentrate mm-hmm. i'm a real sucker for almost like the spoken word over a yeah. great jam. and death the <laughs> death of a martian mm-hmm. fantastic outro absolutely yes. fantastic outro a really good song in and of itself but like that's really what makes that song for me and it, it it's like a wrestling match, again, to use the comparison that we've been using the whole time, right? If you start and close a wrestling match well, sometimes people are going to forget or be a little more forgiving yeah. for the stuff they didn't love as much throw, right? Yes. Because they got those two strong memories. Yes. And when you're closing with this and when you're opening with Danny California or like even Desecration Smile, mm-hmm. if you're just looking at side B, yeah. I suppose, or disc two. Yeah. God, I aged myself. Um, it's a been more like side C side c side d yeah um you've got strong openers you've got strong closers
0: yeah yeah uh there's a couple rockers on on the second uh ready made it's just a oh, badass rocking song uh and I, I love, love like, it,
1: it it's just groovy yes it is a groovy rock song like that bass kicks off off the bat it's just like you almost get your head bopping before you even Mm -hmm. notice your head's bopping i also love when you sort of try and give that live environment to a song Mm -hmm. and even anthony just yelling like clean clean it it up up, johnny Johnny, yes there it is i loved
0: it because it gives it that that live i I love stuff like that like in uh like uh talk dirty to me by poison when yeah cc pick up that guitar and talk. i love stuff like that
1: yeah i think it just it it adds so much exactly you know it's a (laughs) Makes it feel real. I know that's a kind of very <clears throat> cliche way to put it, but like, it just makes it feel like they're they're not, you know, to tear the curtain back using the wrestling or phrase. The- like, you know, that albums like this can be recorded, can be recorded, yeah. like you talked about earlier, they recorded this in the house, but or the, uh, uh, the- this can be recorded like in four different corners of the world by four different random people. And even if this was the case, stuff like that, Makes it not feel like that, yes. which I think is important. Yes. People love their authenticity, whether it's in this, whether it's cooking, whether it's professional wrestling. Um, so it's nice to have that little bit of added authenticity mm-hmm. included.
0: And then 21st century was like a cool, dare I say, disco, like dance feel to it. I'll I'll take that dare. Yeah. I'll, I'll take that dare. That's a good dare. Sort of more dancey number. Yeah.
1: I'll agree with you there. Yeah. Not, not potentially not it like... might fall under like that animal bar for me and that like yeah. if this was to come up i'd um maybe this would be the song i made my phone call during
0: right when i'm listening to the album gotcha yeah I that's the you. best way to put it cool anything else oh i uh, turn it again uh at the end john just, yeah. just rips it He just, yeah, we talked earlier
1: about how he's very good at being subtle with his guitar playing. He's also very good at slapping you in the face with how good he is at playing the guitar. This was the case. Also, just because we haven't yet, shout out to Chad Smith. That guy is also in the conversation for one of the greatest drummers of all time. Not only is he like very uh, innovative, Mm -hmm. but like it's it's the same way. Whenever people tell me Ringo Starr couldn't drum, I just want to like, yeah, scold them almost like. Timing is the most important thing you can have for a drummer. And especially um when you've got songs like this that like mm-hmm. timing wise, like I, again, I don't claim to be a great musician, but timing-wise, I know that they're very like three, four, mm-hmm. four, four, four timing for the most part. Yes. But they're still very complex songs as is. Like I don't drum, but I can't imagine it's easy to drum along to a song like Tell Me Baby. Right. Right. So um, huge shout to him not only for again the innovation that he portrays throughout all the music but mm-hmm. um, simply for being able to like keep some damn flawless timing throughout all of it too
0: for sure for sure for sure um well any uh uh any other uh thoughts any other yeah
1: listen to this album that's
0: yeah. all yeah. i've got yes yeah, so um i, I will I as will
1: far as it overall goes i i I really am excited to see John Frusciante back with the Chili Peppers. Mm -hmm. Um, I know that a lot of new albums from older reuniting bands sometimes do um, get, I guess, that initial pop Mm -hmm. before people say, oh, maybe this wasn't very good. Mm -hmm. Uh, I personally hope they record a new album, but like we were talking about off the bat, if this was to be a swan song for the Chili Peppers, John Frusciante album era, I Mm -hmm. suppose, like you couldn't have ended it any better. You really, really couldn't have. The only thing that I would have hoped is like, um, if they're ever going to put out those other eight, nine songs that they recorded for this, I hope some of them, I don't know if you're familiar with their live at Hyde park album that they did a couple of years before this. There were a couple of songs on there. um, Rolling Sly stone and uh, shoot. What was the other one now? leverage of space i would hope that those would be part of it if there were to be any new recordings um or like you said i i I just hope we get the one that they haven't released from this (laughs) yeah
0: yeah Yeah. so all righty well uh thanks again uh spencer for joining me thank Uh, you where where can people find you Well, for the most part, I am pretty
1: accessible under one convenient domain at Love Wrestling CA on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all of your social media platforms where podcasts are played, where videos are viewed. You can find us at that. Um, Personally, I'm really only all that active on Twitter. I do have an Instagram, um, but mostly it's for photos of my dog more than it is me. So um, if you want to get a hold of me, it is at Spenny Love on Instagram It is at Spenny and the Jets uh that's about it that's really about it love wrestling though would be the place i would suggest it's not only me i hope you enjoyed what i did on this here podcast because i had a blast doing it but there are a lot of great people doing great stuff there mm-hmm. so don't just show me some support so show some great people i, uh, support. I
0: enjoy the uh what is it? The, the anatomy of a promo or the, uh, poetry, poetry of, a promo. of a promo
1: it is. And yeah, like that's just, it's, it's so cool. The the little community we've built there, mm-hmm. I suppose, because, um, Mr. J I hadn't met before we started getting organized, I suppose, for love wrestling in about November, December, um, hadn't met him. I had listened to the podcast a couple of times because Zach with the smart and friends podcast, who's also out with love wrestling, um, he just suggested like, Hey, he's a great dude. He does great work. He'd be a great fit for all of those reasons. And like, yeah, you're, he he's bang on. I'm glad you enjoy it as much as I do. Like I always say that it's one of the nice little perks of, of getting to edit and throw the podcasts up on Apple and all of that sort of stuff is I get to listen to him before anyone else. And usually I'm listening to him like, five five thirty in the morning. So I've already got that little bit of delirium and it kicks you just into overdrive. He's hilarious and uh I'm I'm very happy to have him, Zach, and everybody else is, as part of it. That's why I always say like it's really cool if people want to follow me and I hope they enjoy what I do. But like there's a lot of other great people outside of me and let's show them the support,
0: right? Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: And thank awesome. you. This was a blast. I can't it's fun to come and talk chili peppers. It's it's yeah. Always cool as a guy who talks wrestling behind a microphone for a lot of the time to uh, yeah. transition out. I tried to keep the wrestling references at a minimum, but yes, that's all right. Do a good job.
0: I mean, people, <laughs> people know that they're getting a little bit of both here on this channel, so it's it's all good. It's all good, man. So it is
1: appreciated.
0: All right. Well, uh, you can follow me at IbanezChris on Twitter, and then um, you know, please uh, give a a like on the video and subscribe to the channel if you haven't already, and leave a comment uh let spencer know how much how awesome he was on the show today because he was oh, and cavities, uh, you' too sweet i will uh, <laughs> I will talk to you later see ya.